grab your sunglasses and a floppy hat. We're back for more adventures and inspiration. Let's talk travel. Hooray, it's Nick and Gareth here. Welcome back, everybody. We're just going to have a little chat and hope we say things that perhaps are remotely interesting to other people at the same time. <laughs> Nick, how's your week been? Good. Busy, but good, actually. Yeah, fine. Um, nothing to report that's interesting, though. You know, I, I think... When do you get to that stage when every week is the same as last week? Is that really sad? I mean, I've planted some plants. I've taken the dog for a walk. I've done. Uh, I've had a great week at work, but nothing tremendous. No, but I think you're being too hard on yourself in a way because you think you know there's been no nothing momentous, but you've done lots of interesting things. So it's just a case of what are you describing as interesting as opposed to because I would like to hear about your dog. I would like to hear about what plants you've been planting because this garden project is really getting some momentum. It's coming on, and you're about to do some interesting things at work. So you know, all of that's interesting. So it's not like you've done nothing. You've been hard at it. You know, keeping capitalism going for the rest of it. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, I did tell you what I did do. I went to a Pilates class. My friend, who's already terribly fabulous um, and a GP, but she's training to be a Pilates instructor Sweet. in her spare time. I mean, how many sure. GPs do you know with any spare time? But anyway, and uh, so she's kind of trialing it on the three of us and and she's tremendous and we've had a uh, that's good and it was scary because we all sat down and the first exercise we did you could just hear click 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 it's all our little bones and muscles and oh dear we're so that's got to be good for you though doesn't it well it's got to be good how, how are you any my lovely how have you been very good i'm still in brussels which is all good uh today in brussels is lgbtq pride so that's going to be fun hopefully the weather's going to be okay because i'm have an outfit built for warm weather not rain so fingers crossed that that's going to hold up am i allowed to ask what the outfit is Oh, it's nothing too revealing, obviously, oh. um, but it's just kind of like a bit of a meshy sort of situation in the top and some shorts. So I I will not be the most outrageously dressed by any stretch of the imagination. No, so. I'm sure. <laughs> but you feel like you've got to make an effort. You've got to like make an effort, I always think. Now, talking of making effort, Gareth, um, I was wondering whether today we might talk about holidays in terms of, and travel, in terms of do you prep ahead? Do you make the effort? and do um, bash the books and have a look online and book your hotels and book your restaurants and book your places to visit? Or do you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants when you go? What do you think? I like that topic a lot. Um, I'm trying to think how I would describe my travel style. I in, in my head, I like to think I should be doing some research and learning some key phrases and figuring out the top five sites that I should be seeing. But in reality, I tend to just be rushing into things at the last minute going, oh, I don't know, I'll just figure it out when I get there kind of thing, which is the wrong approach, I'm sure. Well, I don't know. I think there's a beauty in that, just kind of meandering and coming across things. And But you could miss things, couldn't you? I... That is the trouble, because you get back and... Um, Someone says, oh, how was Anchor what? And you go, what? <laughs> exactly. When, when I went to um, to Tuscany with my then husband. Boo, we don't talk about him. But anyway, we went to, to, to he Tuscany. He is not featuring on this podcast. No, he is not. And um, we went to Siena. And uh, I, I booked this holiday anyway. So I went, when I went to Siena, I said, hey, it's quite busy, isn't it? So we were wondering. And, and as the day went on, it got busier and busier. I mean, crazy busy. I said, well, is that... What are these horses? Yeah. We were there on the day of the palio, which was like, oh, my God. And we stood in the middle of the square where these 10, you know, 
bareback horse riders <laughs> galloped around the square. And, and afterwards, we had this big row because should I have seen that coming? Should I have planned for that? <laughs> and I said, well, there was no need to plan for it because actually, it actually worked out okay. We saw it. So, <laughs> but yes, so I, I guess that is an argument for probably needing to organize your trip. Actually, this fits with some of the feedback we got this week. Um, oh, I'm just going to try to find it. Oh, we do that in the classroom. You ask, you have, you teach a lesson. You say to the kids, right, let's let's reflect upon what we've learned today. Let's have a chat about what we've learned. And there's just silence. And I say, tell you what, guys, nobody's leaving until we've reflected on what we've learned today. <laughs> All right, I, I have it, I have it, I have it. Now, um, Matthew has got in touch on Twitter and he's got a question for us. Matthew would like to hear a bit more about our home countries. And so his question was sort of like, what are the three must-see things if he was visiting Wales or if he was visiting Australia? So, like, this is the plan ahead moment, isn't it? Where you think, okay, what do I need to make sure is top of my itinerary? Yeah. What would you say for Wales? That's a good question. I know, right? Okay, well, maybe I should do Australia and you should do Wales because... Oh, that would almost be easier. Yeah. Okay, let me tell. Well, let me tell you my Australian ones because I, I obviously had a bit of advance notice on this, so I have been thinking about it, and it, it wasn't easy because obviously I haven't been to everywhere in Australia, and I'm a bit biased towards the things I know more than others. But my t- my top three that I came up with was Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. My second one was Coobapedi. Oh yeah. And my third one was just animals generally that if you're going to go to Australia it's a bit like a safari to Africa you're going to want to tick off some animals because you're not going to see them anywhere else so I was thinking maybe you'd go somewhere like the Grampians where you could see koalas and kangaroos or you know I get really excited by a wombat so that was in my top three as well like yeah I think that I think they're good I I because Kubapedi is somewhere where many people wouldn't have visited it tell them about Kubapedi Gareth so people understand what that is it is a surreal kind of place. It's in the middle, practically the middle of Australia. It's uh, at the top end of the state called South Australia. And it's established because it's an opal mining um, town. People went there because there were lots of opal reefs and you could make quite a lot of money by mining opals. But it's so hot and practically a desert that everyone built their houses to live underground by digging into the rock and dirt surrounding the opal mines and creating this sort of like underground hobbitville kind of experience isn't it yeah it's so so weird until you sort of see you go wow people are actually living like this and it's cool like it's extraordinary and and those those cave-like dwellings they they're cool in the heat aren't they but yeah. but they 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 remain warm when when through the night, don't they? So they're just they're they're extraordinary. I met one you of my the... sorry. Oh sorry, keep going. No, I was just going to say I met one of my favourite people in the world there in Kubapiti. Yeah, I just uh, and he showed us around and he talked us through <laughs> everything. And you're talking about the famous Kim Kelly. I am <laughs> talking about the famous Kim Kelly. I'm always a bit nervous about naming people, but yeah. And he'd been out there mining for years, hadn't he? Yes, he's not. He doesn't live there anymore, but he, he showed me around Cooperpedia as well. And you know, it's a man with a passion for whatever he does, but he brought Cooperpedia to life. Yeah. You know, he was practically the mayor of Cooperpedia. Yeah, yeah, the mayor of Cooperpedia. That's the name for a book, right there. Um, what you wouldn't, you wouldn't say. Kakadu, all that area oh, up there. See, never been. Oh, gee. Never been, never been to the Northern Territory, me. Oh well, you must go. And I would tell Matthew to definitely to do that. We, I took my girls up to Kakadu, and we got on a, a bit of a tour, like a big old truck of a thing, and and a guy was taking us round, and 
we we went diving into lakes crocodile infested lakes (laughs) lakes. and seen and the most beautiful countryside it was where um crocodile dundee was filmed you know all that it was all that it was absolutely fabulous so i would definitely put that on the list as well and you know there's lots of parts of the country that are unique but that is a really something you know just mind-blowing unique part of the world isn't it Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely now Wales hasn't yes. quite got the diversity <laughs> of, the, of Australia. However, there are some beautiful places in Wales and I would urge people to come because it's just, it's just d- delicious. We went to a food festival the other day and in Caerphilly, Gareth, which oh, nice. is just up the road. And we were walking down the high street and you almost forget that as you're walking down the high street tasting people's chutneys in this food festival, <laughs> on your left is this most glorious castle. I mean... Caerphilly Castle is just... It's like history on your doorstep, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, extraordinary. At that place. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you people are just sitting there and not even notice. You know, if you went away, you would have a day trip to go to Cavity Castle, wouldn't you? But because yeah, it's it, on your doorstep, you hardly notice it. Amazing. You're driving past it three times a week. <laughs> yeah. What else would you think in Wales that people should go and see? Oh, it is tricky, isn't it? I do think the outdoorsiness of Wales is something people don't quite expect. You know, you can have a real adventure holiday of not just rambling through the hillsides, but, uh, you know, in the, like the Affen Valley, there's all that mountain biking and, you know, canoeing. outdoorsy canoeing. There's that um, old mine with the trampolines. You can go wild swimming in quarries. There's all that kind of yeah. stuff, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And and I think that uh, that's what you'd advise. And, of course, walking. You know, you'd be walking at those Welsh mountains. We're not allowed to call them hills. Up at those Welsh mountains and you'd be... Just enjoying the the that that Welshness of the scenery, which is quite unique, I think. Yeah, oh, I remember walking to that um, waterfall in I want to say Brick and Beacons. Um, yeah, Astrid Valtra. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah, like gorgeous. Gorgeous. You walk behind the little waterfall and have a little picnic. It's so super lovely. So yeah, come to Wales. Welcome everybody. Coisal <laughs> to Wales, everybody. <laughs> Why isn't the Welsh Tourist Board sponsoring us? That's what I would like to know. <laughs> I got a question. Have you been to that festival in Spain with the tomatoes, La Tomatina? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not that keen to be smeared with tomatoes. Oh, to come on, Gareth. It's like, have you been to the Running the Bulls? No, I just don't fancy running with the bulls. <laughs> I've done that. Um, I, I think the tomato festival would be a hoot. Well, tell us about Running the Bulls, though. You went and survived that. You're thinking... Tomatoes, no problem. Tomatoes are, you know, a walk in the park. We, we went on that with a Euro rail. You know, uh-huh. and, and they, they, do they do that anymore? I'm not well, even sure they do that. Do they? Weirdly, Gareth, it went, it dipped, and now it's uh-huh. come back. And uh-huh. um, sure. and I think I think it's come back because they've offered half price tickets for lots of young people to get back out there again. So I've heard lots of people going this time, and I would so recommend that trip. We did the most fantastic traveling then, but we got we got to um, oh I can't remember the name of the place now. Isn't that terrible? We're in the, we got to the place where running the bulls was. And um, hang on, no, we know this. I know the we know this. This is, is not entertaining, entertaining <laughs> podcast chat, though, is it? You've actually got your eyes shut. That's terrible. I'll keep talking. You think about it. Anyway, we went there and... Um, but, but Pamplona. Pamplona. Well done. Thank you. Well I didn't done. even have to Google that. That just came to you, me. Thank you. He did Google it, ladies and gentlemen. No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, that Yeah, Pamplona. And we just stood behind the barriers, frankly, and just watched it all take place. There's no way I was getting in front of the barriers. 
I, you know, I think I stood on the first rung of the barrier as though I might go in here, but actually there was not a chance in hell that I would be doing Did that. Did you see anyone getting gored or trampled? Or... Yes. Right. Okay. Fun. <laughs> I know. It, is, is that good? Is it good for the bulls? No. Is it good for the people who get trampled by the bulls? No. But Is it good entertainment? Yes. <laughs> good entertainment. It's got to be better than watching the telly, hasn't it? So yes, it was good. And then we slept in the park. I remember we slept in the park that night, as did thousands of people and everybody oh, why? just because there was no accommodation available no accommodation oh. and everybody wears white with a little red <laughs> neckerchief you know that's the thing and i think the that's red the represented blood once you sure think, you know. of course yeah. however we just had our rec sacks so anyway yeah so super super now one of the reasons that i'm in brussels at the moment is to help amplify europride um this year's europride is being held in belgrade in serbia and Marko Mihailovic is the coordinator of Europride. And I just wanted to play a quick clip of him talking about the event. And I'm sorry about the quality of this audio, but my microphone placement wasn't particularly brilliant. But um, it's just about a minute long, so bear with it. Um, because I think this kind of fits in with our learning about places and travel as being a bit educational and that kind of thing. Europride in Belgrade is an incredibly important event, not only for the LGBTI plus community, but for the human rights movement. Belgrade Pride started very violently in 2001 with the first Pride, and 21 years later, uh, stuff have improved, but not significantly. I would say that the human rights situation in Serbia is uh, not satisfactory to the level that the respect human rights is something that's a controversial topic in the society. Uh, there's been so much media slander and there's been so much uh, people in power who haven't respected and nor have acknowledged the importance of human rights. So the advancements we have made in the last 20 years, I would say, uh, aren't as significant as they should have been. Uh, I feel that our, uh, actually our idea with the Europride is to get solidarity from all over Europe and to have people understand that in the Western Balkans, we're still fighting a very basic fight, a fight for the visibility of the community, a fight for the respect of human rights and fight for the legal acknowledgement of our lives. I mean, I haven't been to Serbia and I'll go in September for the event because, uh, you know, I think it's a really important thing to do. But have you ever been to Serbia at all? No. I'd be interested to see, you know, what your thoughts on Serbia and what that might look like compared to mine. You know, because I have, I genuinely, you know, don't know anything about it apart from obviously, you know, war-torn sites that's it that's all I've got I haven't got any culture I don't know what you know what people look like what they well I know what people look like I don't know what people eat I don't know what things there are to see I mean isn't that terrible because travel can be fun obviously but it's it's a really good way of learning about just even by sort of osmosis about people and culture and places yeah all I know about Serbia really is not great on the human rights and also very tall men tall tall men very good water polo players as well uh, you know is one of the facts fun fact about Serbia, water polo. Is that true? No, that's absolutely true. They're huge in in every every respect. Oh, tall, tall <laughs> and huge in water polo. Oh well, let us know. Maybe that's what we should, you know, kind of go somewhere and feedback about it. 
that would be great. Reporting from the front line, exactly. Yeah. What have been some of your big learning trips or things that you've learned on your travels? So we went to Barcelona with a bunch of girls. I think it was for my 40th, actually. So far, you've mentioned Barcelona every po- every, every episode so right. far. I'm like, changing it. Does Does everyone know that you've been to Barcelona? Oh, yes, you're being me now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just, I, I love Barcelona as well. It's just, it, it, it's just cute. No, I'm, I'm skipping the whole Barcelona thing and I shall never mention it again. It's because I've been a few times, I think. But I, I, what I tend to do is go to a place and see it, you know, surface view, lovely, and then pick up some bits that you want to go back for, you know? Yeah. Which, I, that's why I was referring to that, Gareth, so <laughs> But, um, like, we went to Venice, uh, some girlfriends and I went to Venice, and we just wandered, and lovely, fabulous, you know, ate fabulous pasta, et cetera, et cetera. But saw places that I thought, oh, I really want to go back and explore and understand, and... You know, I did do that. I did that on my own then. I went back and saw the churches and read up a little bit on the history and on the history of the of the city and and, and 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 that's the way I would like to learn. I mean it's it's you know, it does depend on whether you've got the money to do that, but at the time I did. And um and I think for me to see it all first and then come back and delve a bit deeper, that's the way I'd like to learn. No, I think that's a good approach because it you know enough to go, Oh, this is an interesting place and I'll come back to it. But, and then, but when you go back, you're not under any pressure to say, oh no, I don't have to see all the sites. I've seen what I need to see. This is me getting under the skin of a place or like, yeah. Absolutely. And another good way of doing somewhere is going and then doing the sites, blah, 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 and come back and doing like a a, a course, you know, in Uh friends of mine went to, um, I think that was, I think that was Italy, the south of Italy. And they did like a cookery course, regional cooking. And I think, well, that, what a great way to learn. Isn't that fantastic? Exactly. No, no, no. And your sailing trip, you know, when you go sailing, you're going to learn lots, <laughs> aren't you? Because you'll be with some locals and that's the key, I think. That's great. And I haven't honestly done much sailing. Like, I'm practically zero. And in this little trip, from what I've read so far, there is actual, you don't have to be like sailing the ship but or the yacht or whatever it's called. Um, but there is opportunities to, you know, get involved and steer and navigate, and which I think that's kind of cool. I quite like that also. I like the way you gesticulated above you when you said navigate, like you're going to be in a crow's nest or something. I'll be studying the stars. And- <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Why, have, you, have you got a trip that makes you think about education, about something you've learned? Uh... I, I always think, like, Japan was full of interesting insights, wasn't it? Like, and just, um, like, lots of little cultural sort of quirks. One of my favourite things that I learned in Japan, which I'm sure everyone knows already, but, um, you know, sort of every conversation starts with uh, quickly working out everyone's age so you can figure out who is the oldest in the group and so you know who to pay the most respect to. That just, just like, made me laugh every time. It's like, hi, how are you and how old are you? I was just like, Isn't that odd? <laughs> But I also think, um, you know, with, with travel, you're not just learning about the places you're going to, um, but you're also learning about yourself as well. That uh, I mean, sort of my first solo trip was, I, I guess I was 18 and I went to Thailand. And, you know, that's kind of like throwing yourself in the deep end and just figuring out, oh, who am I as a traveler? Can I, can I do this? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, travel's meant to broaden the mind, isn't it? And that's what that's all about. Yeah, no, exactly. But I was on a press trip to Stockholm once and... Um, the person who was running it was introducing me to someone and said, oh, this is Gareth, and he's incredibly positive and optimistic about everything. I was just like, oh, I did not know that about me. 
<laughs> I love that. So we all get introduced with our name and just a little bit about our personalities. And that would change. I bet mine would change from when I was 18 to when I am now. This Nicola, she's quite grumpy and needs lots of sleep. That would be mine now, tragically. I've always thought, you know, like Julia Roberts in Eat, Pray, Love, you know, she's on a bicycle in Bali going to meet her spiritual advisor. I mean, that's... That's the dream, isn't it? You're, you're learning I blame Julia Roberts for a lot of things. I that, do too. <laughs> that movie, I'm not sure, set a good example for anyone. I know. <laughs> However, I do imagine myself on that bicycle. It's got to be said. <laughs> Oh, well, speaking of e love, then, um, and I guess it kind of fits with lessons from travel. What about holiday romances? What have been some of your memorable holiday encounters? Well, this is going to be a very quick conversation, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, not many. When I was in uh, Peru, I met this, um, I think it was Venezuelan, and his name was Jorge. And I just couldn't say it. I just couldn't say it. So You said it pretty well then. You've I know. been practicing over the years. Well, it has been a few years since I've been there. And I have done a bit of Duolingo since then. However, at the time, he, you know, I think it broke us up that I couldn't actually say his name very well. But anyway, well, I, I thought he was fabulous. And he, he talked about how it felt to be South American and he showed me the drinks and the food and all, you know, all that was lovely. But, um, you know, the communication was, was, it was pretty dire, starting with the fact that I couldn't say his name. So, and, and I, I, three weeks of intense travel loveliness and then that was it. Bliss. That's perfect though, isn't it? Yes. Like, ah, oh, the memories, the Venezuelans. Yes. Maybe that's how I should go through my life is like three week relationships. That's the that's right. Because you, you can be your best self for three weeks before you have to like really show them the stuff that you try and keep hidden. Yes, so. you could wax your legs for three weeks without <laughs> even questioning that. Because you know that there's an end point as well. It's just like, I don't have to keep this up forever. It's just three weeks and then I'm done. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on then, what's yours? Are we going to be here for like hours and hours? Oh no. I am... <laughs> Most of them are not repeatable stories, but um, (laughs) I do remember one of my favourites was uh, in Mykonos and I was there with a couple of friends and we were there for a week just having beach time and whatever. And we, one of the guys staying at the hotel we were at was called Vadim. He was Russian, living in London, but he was very direct, you know, very Russian, you know, like people who sort of so direct that it's rude and offensive but somehow strangely appealing and you go yes tell me again what i'm doing wrong (laughs) how fabulous it was intense he really worked me over but (laughs) i don't even want to know what that means (laughs) anybody else oh gosh um uh, I well, I did. What another long-term obsession of mine was Copenhagen. Uh, following a, I met Andreas in Antwerp at a tournament of water polo, and you know, it was one of those enduring long-distance romances where I was totally invested, and he barely knew who I was. Oh, <laughs> like, it was that breaks like, my heart. <laughs> no, it's so funny to look back and it's like I spent hours like practicing what my name would look like if I wrote it in in Danish and <laughs> it did it wasn't a two-way thing <laughs> and do you know what he's doing now do you keep in touch uh yeah I do a bit no he's still lovely um he's a father now he's a child he's very grown up and adulting yeah oh I've I've, I've that breaks my heart that little story Gareth <laughs> when we were in um France a friend two friends of mine uh, we were in France and 
we got chatting to these boys at a campsite and uh, they were they were locals but we got chatting to them anyway and they said oh you know we'll pick you up later and we'll we'll go out on the town so out of our rucksacks you know we got the least smelly type bits of clothing that we could find <laughs> and got a glammed up we put a bit lippy on we were ready to go and um you know we were excited and 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 has never happens there were three of us and three of these boys and we all fancied different boys which perfect is... i mean what are the odds the universe was really working in your favor indeed yeah. anyway they turned up and we've got ourselves so worked up into an excitement you know we were frenzied with excitement this is going to be the beginning of three beautiful <laughs> relationships and we they pulled up in this rather dire looking car and they got out and they said oh you know come on come on and they were just honking a booze, Gareth, absolutely honking. <laughs> and I, I looked at the girls and they looked at me and I was like, please, somebody else say that we can't go because they had too much to drink. You know, the driver was was like flailing around. And I, and I anyway, in the end, we all looked at each other and we said no. And we <sighs> turned tail and went back to the tent and sat down and had a glass oh. of wine, all the three of us on our own. <laughs> and I just thought... I wonder what would have happened if, you know. There's an alternate universe where you got in that car, isn't there? Yeah. 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 And we'd <laughs> probably is... be dead in a ditch. But, <laughs> however, I do like to dream about the fact that I could be living in some French vineyard now as we speak. But there. Yeah. <laughs> Jorge. <laughs> yeah. So, gee, three things you're allowed to take with you going travelling for a year. Three things. You've got a little rucksack. What are you Ooh. taking? A year on the road not returning to a home base kind of thing. Indeed. Three essential things. Uh, my laptop and my phone is probably that's Okay, two. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, you're saying no technology? No <laughs> technology. Come on. Let's go out wild now. Let's go um, all Reese Witherspoon. Hey, I tell you what, Gareth, that would know. be a great, that would be a great little TV show if we took famous trips from films or TV or something like people going on famous trips, like Julia Roberts on a bike, like Reese Witherspoon through the Yosemite, whatever. Yeah. And you recreate them as a, you know, me as a rather overweight 50-whatever-year-old. That would be good. Could I live Julia Roberts' best life? Yes. Or um, what was it? Diane Lane under the Tuscan sun. <gasps> Lovely. I'm loving that idea. I might be having to put that to some TV companies. Anyway, sorry. Three things. Um, oh my god, I'm really stuck now. Uh, I would probably take because obviously you can buy most things wherever you go. Like, are we going places where you can't buy stuff? Or um, I would take some comfortable underwear because that's really important to me. I've got um, that on my list, Gareth. Did you? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I would probably take a cowboy hat just to like give myself some personality on oh, my travels. Shut up, no, no, because like you never know it's going to be sunny, and you know a cowboy hat gives you a bit of mystique or a bit of like an aura of. Like... So you're telling me in your essential <laughs> items for a year's travel, you're packing a cowboy hat because you can wear it. It's not taking up much space in the rucksack. You know, it's Good on your head the whole Lord. time. Lord, right? Okay. <laughs> um, and a, uh, I would take a bottle opener because I hate ending up somewhere. In, like in a French supermarket, trying to find the a bottle that doesn't come with a cork because I've forgotten a bottle opener. Impossible. Impossible. Okay, we can, we can. I think we can tell a lot about your personality by those two things. In fact, it's a very good discussion of a personality trait. I think. What about a book? Uh, no, because I would be writing, not reading. Oh, so you might need some some paper. That's true. See, but I've only got three things. I've got to prioritize. 
I would definitely have to take a book. And also, if you take a book, what a great opportunity to to get somewhere and book swap. You know? Ah, uh, true. So you're taking a hard you're taking a hard copy, a book a book that you've read before, a book that you No, not necessarily. A, a book that you've you know that's going to be a good book. You'd have to go, you'd have to start off your travels. It's like currency. You'd have to start off with a good book, wouldn't you? And a book that you're confident will have good trading value. You want yes. you know what's the street value of this book yeah. going to be? Lisa's yeah. recommended a book to me, and it's called Cloud Cuckoo Land. I think it's called. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's Cloud Cuckoo Land. I think it is. I bought it, and it's it's waiting for my half term holiday to which week. So, so like I take that, I read yes. it on my journey. And yes. I get somewhere, I, you know, I just rock up and there's somebody else who's just shutting a book in a cafe. And I say, would you like to swap? Yes. You know, happy yes. days. So you've got a book, you've got underwear. What's your third thing? Book, underwear, mm, book, underwear, toothpaste. Right, okay, yeah. I, got, I, I do like to be minty fresh, Gareth. I can't... I no, can't no, try. same. But couldn't you just borrow some toothpaste from whoever you sort of... Or what about a cup? Like a proper, you know, like... A proper cup that you drink coffee out of. No, that's not, weird. Not like one of those camping mugs that's on the back of your rucksack. Oh, so. no, that rattles. I can't be doing with yeah. it. Am I allowed to take my dog? <laughs> yes. Okay, there we are. I, yeah. That solves a lot of problems, actually, doesn't it? Happy days. Yeah. yeah. You've got your cowboy hat. I've got my dog. Off we go. How is the dog? Oh, he's fabulous. Thank you. Still, still growing? Well, his legs are still growing. <laughs> uh, the rest of him is not growing. He looks like Harry McClary. Do you know that book? Harry McClary. Yeah. It was a children's book. Harry McClary from Donaldson's Dairy. Um, so he's like a little ball of fluff with kind of long, like stilt-like legs. It's quite extraordinary. However, he is delicious. He's, you know, he's absolutely lovely. Yeah. Oh, bless. All right. Well, I think that's probably all we've got time for. But uh, we will be back again soon to talk more travel, more travel adventures, more travel inspiration and regular updates on Nicola's dog. Yes, indeed. And please do keep in touch. It's so exciting that somebody's asked us a question. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so if you have got a question, go to see Gareth on Twitter at GTV London. And um, have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.